1: It's Wednesday. It is March 6th. It's 2019, and we have 10 basketball games to talk about here on Today's Slate. I'm joined by my bearded brother, Grant. How are you doing, my friend?
0: Not too bad. Night should be slightly profitable. Things could have gone better. I definitely had way too much boost, but uh, had all the right pieces, just some of the wrong lineups should, should end up okay, though we're still waiting on the Warriors game to end, but that looks like it's pretty much done for already.
1: Yeah, not going to be a profitable night for me. Um <laughs> I um I my my wife's niece, I guess she's my niece now too, turned 16 today, so we went and had dinner at their house and they don't have um cell service out there. And I didn't even think about it until about 6:30 and I was like, "Oh, that's not good." So couldn't adjust anything and uh, ended up playing Schroeder and uh, Marcus All, even though probably shouldn't have been playing either one of those guys with the news. So, just a lesson to be learned, you know. If you have stuff going on and you are not able to adjust lineups, it might be not it might not be the best night to play DFS. <laughs> yeah, do they not have Wi-Fi? They do, but I felt kind of like it's her sixteenth birthday. Do I really want to be on the Wi-Fi and? Um, you know be adjusting lineups and stuff so like and there was a lot of family there so like i didn't even i didn't even ask if if
0: i was giving birth to my first kid and i had some lineups going i asked the hospital wi-fi just in case but you're a better person than i apparently
1: well yeah it's not like i had a ton in play i didn't play on DraftKings or fanduel i had the listeners league and some action over there on fantasy draft so it was like like 150 bucks and i'll just make it back here on this wednesday slate that's all so if you guys haven't checked out our sponsor make sure you head on over there check them out it's FantasyDraft.com. sign up through the RotoGrinders grinders links that way if you have any promos that we do with fantasy draft you get access to them if you want to play in the listeners league the link is in the comment section of the podcast it'll be there as soon as this podcast is up it's already sent to me so and if you missed the news yesterday All weekly contest winners will play in a game on Monday, March 11th. And then the five winners from that will play Wednesday the 13th. And we'll find out who our King of the Weeks are and King of the Month is, um, you know, to get some tickets and, you know, get some recognition here on the podcast and we'll, we'll talk about it for sure. So if you haven't checked out fantasy draft, check them out, bunch of stuff going on NBA. They got some PGA stuff up. They got some NHL stuff up and I'm sure they'll have baseball stuff up here very soon. Grant, a lot of games here. Let's get started. We get started with Miami at Charlotte. Two nineteen and a half total here. Charlotte favored by one and a half. One and a half in this game. Gordon Dragic is out. Um I had no real other injury news from the Miami side of things. What are we looking at here on the heat? I mean, this there's a few good games on the slate and a few
0: injury situations that we're looking at. So a lot of these plays may just be completely done for if we get certain injury news. But as of right now, I mean, Whiteside pretty much always in play if he ends up getting the minutes. Obviously, I don't think he got the start in the last game. He's been out for a while and I don't know if that'll happen. Um, So Whiteside is in play for tournaments, but not really a fantastic play. Winslow has been playing well lately and with Dragic out, he should see a full allotment of minutes here. I like Winslow. He's not the best play on the slate, but he's definitely very much in play. Um, depending on the white side situation, Bam or Kelly could be very much in play here. And you can keep, uh, if Bam's going to get the minutes, you can keep playing him here. Uh, Wade, pretty much always in play on any given night because he's going to get 26 to 30 minutes here. And most of the time he's going to end up in the mid-30s, maybe more. So I like Wade here, but there's a few other better plays that are much cheaper here. So the guy that really just stands out to me is Winslow in this matchup.
1: Yeah, if Whiteside doesn't start, I don't think you can play him. You know, he only played 15 minutes off the bench the other night, and it it seems like they're going to be kind of careful with him minutes-wise until he gets back here. So um, you got to watch the the lineup situation there. Like you mentioned, Winslow's been playing really good. I don't know necessarily if he has a massive ceiling at 6,300, but he's certainly in play, like you said, and then – you know, I, I've talked about Dwayne Wade a lot. I wish he was a little bit cheaper, but, you know, he's going to have low ownership in this matchup. So, obviously, I don't hate him here in his going-away tour. Um, and, and then, Kelly Olynyk lost minutes the other night with Whiteside back, and uh, Bam ended up playing only 20 minutes. So, I think on a 10-game slate, I'm going to stay away from this front court situation and, you know, maybe look at Winslow and Wade, and that's kind of it. Let's talk Charlotte. You know, we look at it, and on the Charlotte side of things, like, we've seen some big games out of Kemba recently. Um, Is there any interest here in the Charlotte side of things?
0: I mean, not terribly. I mean, Kemba's a guy that I'll play in pretty much any given matchup here, but this is not a great matchup. They don't have a huge implied total here. Kemba can obviously go off, but it's an 11-game slate, and you're likely going to find other guys in close to the same price range that are going to end up doing better. So I don't think there's a real need to use him here. Zeller... He's been playing well lately, but I don't know if I really want to use him either. Again, I said there's a lot of guys that should be on the cheaper end based on injury news. So I doubt Zeller make it into any of my lineups. This isn't the greatest matchup either. But Tomb I do have some interest in. He's just been playing so well lately, like obviously didn't play great the last game. But the minutes are absolutely there, so there should be a floor. This isn't a great matchup, but I don't think that really matters too much for him. The shots have been there. Everything's kind of been there for him, and his price hasn't fully adjusted for what his ceiling is and basically what his floor is. So Batum's really the only guy that I will probably end up rostering from the Charlotte team in this matchup.
1: Yeah. Batum's a guy that I've been playing a bunch. Um, I don't really love Cody Zeller here. His minutes have kind of been all over the place with fouls and stuff like that. So uh, I do like the Batum call and I don't mind Kimba in tournaments at 8,300. I think there's some upside at that price, but We're going to talk about some other guys um, that are are just as good here. So uh, anything else from the Charlotte side? No. All right, moving on. Dallas at Washington, 231.5 total here. Washington favored by five in this game. Uh, Really, the only injury news, J.J. Barea is still out, um, and then the guys for Washington that's been out. So let's talk um, Dallas here first. Um, You know, a guy that we've been playing quite a bit recently is Dwight Powell. His price is starting to catch up with the production, but draws a very favorable matchup here uh, against, you know, a Washington team that, you know, we, we can attack centers against this team, you know, big men against this team. You know, what are we looking at here with Dallas?
0: I mean, Luca's the guy that immediately jumps off the page here. Just uh, he hasn't done great the last two games, so I don't know how high his ownership is going to be. And his price isn't terrible right now, but it's not great. But when you consider the matchup and the total here, um, I think he's absolutely in play here. He's 9-1, I think he can actually exceed that price tag pretty easily here in this type of match. I mean, Washington's just terrible on the defensive end, and uh, it's going to be a high-scoring game here. So Luca is in play. Powell, like, he's been playing well enough lately, and the price tag has come up here, but I think some people will jump off at of this spot. But even at 5,900, a matchup against Washington is more than good enough for me. I'll go on Powell. Um, outside of that, maybe you can take a shot on Brunson. It's a great matchup and obviously the last two games are blowouts and he could end up with some extended run here. He's cheap enough where I think that you can take a shot on Brunson, but there's going to be four or five other potential guys at around 3,300 to 3,400, 3,500 who could potentially be better than him. But if injuries play out a certain way, then I'll probably end up rostering some Brunson here in this matchup, but it's mostly Pal and Luca.
1: Yeah, Powell, I think I'm going to continue to play him. Uh, I don't think he's expensive enough for this matchup against Washington. So, yeah, I like that. Kind of on the fence about Luka. They've gotten blown out in the last two games against Memphis and Brooklyn, so I think that had a lot to do with him not having big games the last two games. So if that does lower his ownership and we have not projected pretty low ownership, I think you could certainly look at him here. You know, the other side of this game, though, I I think I – I don't like Luca because I like Bradley Beal. Um, you know he's seven hundred dollars more. Washington has the highest implied team total on the slate, and we know this offense runs through Bradley Beal. Um, you know he's a guy that's put up at least fifty fantasy points now in eight out of the last ten games. I know he's ninety eight hundred, but you know he's certainly a guy that's been hitting those hitting those shots recently.
0: Yeah, I mean he's a guy. I mean I want to say kind of hardened light. Esque, uh he doesn't really do bad in games anymore he only either crushes or kind of crushes and so even he's though you're paying a high price tag you're getting a decent ceiling and a very good floor here um there's enough value on the slate where i'm gonna be pretty close to locking in beale depending on how things turn out so beale is very much in play here portis i mean you got some upside here i'm gonna end up rostering a little bit of portis here because you got 40 Plus point upside in any given matchup, and Dallas is not really a bad matchup. The total is high. Sadaranski fine. Ariza is fine. They're not going to make it into my, any of my builds in all likelihood, though. Parker is worth a GPP flyer in probably like five to ten percent of your lineup if you're mass multi, multi-entering, just because he can put up forty points in any given matchup here. But Beal is by far number one guy I'm looking at here, and one of the best payups on the entire slate, and Portis and. Parker definitely worth some GV shots.
1: Yeah, we talk about Parker all the time. You know, he could go for 9 or or 40. So always a straight tournament play is Jabari Parker. Um, Certainly don't mind Bobby Portis here at 6K. You know, he's a guy that has 40-plus point upside. So um, that's kind of it. Let's move on. We got Minnesota at Detroit, 224 total here. Detroit favored by 4.5. Nothing really on the Minnesota side outside of Covington, who is not expected to play here. Um, And, you know, on the Detroit side, Zaza is doubtful. Not that it makes a huge difference. Um, Let's start with Minnesota. What are we looking at here on the Timberwolves on a back-to-back?
0: Yeah, the back-to-back is a little bit worrisome. And I kind of want to be interested in Teague here by playing 33 minutes last night. I'm a little bit worried about that. Uh, everything stands out as great, obviously. Detroit's terrible against the one, but Teague, like a 5,300 in this type of matchup, even on a back-to-back, could potentially offer a whole lot of upside here. So he's on my radar. Towns, I'm a little bit worried about on a back-to-back. Um, like, obviously, the last time he did this, it was a much tougher matchup, and he still ended up putting up 70. So at this point, I think I'm going to end up just – playing cat a little bit in my line. It's just because of the potential upside here, Gibson and Sarek. I feel like either one of these guys could get a little bit extra run with the two bigs that are out there in Detroit. Um, both our prices tags are appealing, but they haven't really gotten there too much lately, but if they get a little bit extra run, especially on a back-to-back where towns might not get a full allotment of minutes. I could see them beating value, but yeah, nothing really stands out to me horribly just strictly because of the back-to-back.
1: Well, I know one thing that stands out to me, and that was Wiggins was really disappointing on um, Tuesday night. So, And and I hate playing Wiggins. I talked about it yesterday. I hate playing Wiggins. I hate playing Wiggins. The matchup and the numbers said play Wiggins. But nothing really standing out to me here uh, outside of maybe taking a shot on Jeff Teague if we know he's good to go on a back-to-back. But, yeah, like Minnesota, there's just nothing that's like I have to have this guy. It's jumping off the you know, sheet. They have the third lowest implied team total. It's three points lower than their season average, which is the biggest downgrade bump on the slate. Um, and this pace is projected to be pretty slow. So for me, I, just, I probably won't end up on anything here on the Minnesota side, especially on a back-to-back. Yeah. And now like three players are going to get ruled out and we're going to be talking about Minnesota all day um detroit side of things what are we looking at here on the pistons
0: drummond griffin maybe you can take a shot on canard or jackson but it's a big slate i don't really want any of them outside of griffin and Drummond and just their potential upside but this doesn't stand out as a real great spot when you consider their price tag it's just they have upside in pretty much any matchup so i'll take a few shots on them maybe but this is not I, i don't really want to roster any detroit players
1: Yeah, this game kind of is not, like, my favorite game on the slate. Um, You know, Blake and Drummond are always interesting tournament plays. They always have upside. I, I think that I would probably end up on Blake in this matchup over Drummond, just taking a little bit of a discount. But outside of that, like, Reggie Jackson's cheap. And in close games he plays the minutes. Um, you know, he's certainly somebody you could look at, but nothing nothing sexy here. So let's move on. We got Cleveland at Brooklyn, two twenty-five and a half total here. Brooklyn favored by nine and a half in this game. Tristan Thompson's out. Zizek is out, and Graham is doubtful on the Brooklyn side. Let's start with Cleveland. What are we looking at here as far as the Cavs go?
0: I mean, love probably just how bad Brooklyn is against Biggs, but 7,500, his price has gone up steadily, and he's getting enough minutes where he can easily pay that off. Obviously, he can crush on a permanent basis, soaking up all the usage. He's on my radar. I don't think he's going to be a core play of mine, but uh, he's definitely a decent play here. Nance can offer some upside in pretty much any given matchup, but I don't really want to use him here. Osman's been playing well. Um, His price tag is decent. He's probably a guy that I'd end up taking a shot on um Clarkson Sexton going up against Russell defense I'm fine with either of them but this is a big slate and the only guy with a real great matchup when you consider the possible blowout too is going to be love and the price tags not offering a huge amount of upside but there's definitely some there
1: yeah I really don't know like I think Kevin Love is priced where he should be um Larry Nance really hasn't had that, like, upside game. I've been playing a lot of Osman. You know, he's been playing a lot better, um, you know, over 33 fantasy points in four of the last six games. He's 5,500. He'd probably be the guy that I'd look at the most here, but I don't even feel great about that. So, you know, for me, I... I don't know, man. I just... There's not a lot that I like here. Like, I like Kevin Love. I just... I think he's priced right where he should be. Um, I do think he has some upside. If I had to rank my Cleveland exposure, it'd probably be Love, Osman, Nance. And, you know, you could throw darts after that. But I don't think the minutes are high enough for anybody else to really throw the darts. You know, Clarkson, around 25 to 30 minutes. You know, Sexton's minutes go from 29 to 35. So maybe Sexton would be the fourth guy. But that's really all I got on the Cleveland side. Yeah, I guess we also
0: could go with the narrative of Clarkson playing against his old teammate Russell, but that's really irrelevant here. <laughs> All right, what are we looking at uh, on the Brooklyn side? Um, in this type of matchup, I don't hate LeVert. He's getting enough minutes here. His um, price tag just 5,400, and going up against as bad a team as Cleveland is, if this game does stay close and he ends up with 27 minutes, I could potentially see him having a decent game here. Allen, not a terrible matchup, but he's just not getting a huge amount of minutes lately. I don't know if I really want to go there. I get that the last two games were blowouts, and he could end up with 27 to 30 minutes here. But, yeah, never mind. I guess his price tag is 4700 I have a little bit of in- interest in Allen, but he's probably not the best play on the slate. Russell, 7900 Any game he can end up going off for enough to just absolutely destroy, especially against a bad Cleveland defensive team. So, Russell and Lavert are the two guys that I go with. And if you really need some salary savings, Allen, you can hope for the minutes, and you'll be fine. But uh, no one else really pops off the page.
1: Yeah, I'll be honest. You know, I've said this a bunch about Brooklyn recently. With all these guys healthy, I I really don't see much here. Um, You know, we 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 know Graham's doubtful and. You know, Kirk's played 24 minutes the other night in a start. He'd probably be the guy that I'd lean towards the most at 3,500 if I was going to play anybody from Brooklyn. But when this team's healthy, it's, it's really tough to trust anybody here. Um, yeah, you know, Russell has upside, but his upside's a little bit more limited now that Dinwiddie's back. Um, Levert's back. Like, it, it's just a spot, like, if Allen was playing more minutes i think i'd be interested but you know for the most part i think kirks is really the only guy um that i have interest in here just knowing that graham's probably not going to play and he's going to start again
0: yeah yeah i don't mind that but there's a lot of cheap guys on the slate so no i definitely
1: agree you know we're going to talk about um you know some games that (laughs) there are a lot of cheap guys so uh, moving on. San Antonio at Atlanta. No total in this one. Potal is questionable, and then on the Atlanta side, Collins is questionable, Deadman's doubtful, and Spellman's out. Plumley's out. Um, let's start with San Antonio. What are we looking at here on the Spurs? I
0: mean, almost everyone. It's up against Atlanta. We don't have a total here. Probably not gonna have a whole lot of big men. Maybe Potal gets a little bit extra run here, and he could easily crush his 4,300 priced way. You see? Did you say he was out? Sorry. Total?
1: Yeah, he, he's yeah. he's questionable.
0: All right, sorry, I didn't see that when I was going through the beginning. All right, so if he plays, then he's not the worst play in the world. Um, white, Gay, LMA, and DeRozan are all very much in play. It's going up against Atlanta. DeRozan's price tag is probably a little bit low considering the matchup. LMA's price tag is probably a little bit low considering the mi- matchup and the lack of depth they really have with the big men. So LMA and DeRozan are by far my two favorite guys, but Gay could easily crush here, and White has just been playing fantastic lately. in this price tag's probably not as high as it should be, especially going against Trey Young' defense here. So, if I had to rank them, I'd probably go DeRozan, LMA, and then White probably. But it's it's not really a huge differentiator between the three of them in this matchup.
1: Yeah. You know, I played DeRozan the other night. His price got down to the point where, like, at 7,700, he was, like, a guy I had to play. I think DeRozan is probably my favorite, you know, in this matchup against Atlanta. I think LMA is certainly in play. I think White's certainly in play. You know, obviously, like, White's minutes have come back now that, you know, he's still 5,400. He has 30-plus point upside, so he's a nice little value play. Um You know, really got to pay attention to the podal situation. Uh, Obviously, you know, if he sits, it could open up some minutes, uh, maybe for Bertans or somebody. So just got to kind of watch and see how that is, you know, kind of plays out. It's a matchup with Atlanta, you know. You got to be a little excited about a matchup with Atlanta. As far as Atlanta goes, all these big men questionable. Alex Lynn just burned the world, um, you know, the other night against Miami. What are we doing with Atlanta? I mean, I'm playing Alex Lynn.
0: I don't care. Um, doesn't really matter to me what happened the other night. Don't just give into a one-game sample size. They have almost no depth, or they really have no depth for big men here. And I mean, they're probably going to end up having to go pretty small here. Um, Trey Young is always in play, especially if Collins ends up missing. Is really what matters here. If he is out, then uh, Young should get some more usage here. Um, Bismore is in play. Prince is in play. Len is pretty close to a lock for me. Ben is in play and should get some extra minutes here. But this is just an interesting situa- situation where they don't have any real big men outside of Len. And if Len gets into some foul trouble, they're gonna have to go super small if this game st- somehow stays close. Um, which San Antonio has been absolutely terrible, terrible on the road. So I think that this game's actually gonna stay close here. So. Trey Young's in play for me. Lens, close to a lock. Prince, Bembry, and yeah, Bazemore I'm going to be using throughout my lives because someone's going to have to do something. Like, it's pretty much a guarantee considering Atlanta playing at such a huge pace, so bad on defense and uh, San Antonio not being a great defensive team this year and their trouble on the road. So this is there, there's going to be pretty much a requirement that you have at least one landed guy in your lineup. If this game stays close to win a tournament tomorrow, I think.
1: Yeah. You know, obviously the center situation, if Collins ends up playing, I do think Lynn's still interesting. If Deadman doesn't play, I think that would, you know, force people off of Alex Lynn. And I don't know if that's the right move. If Collins, you know, still ends up playing. So be interesting to see how that affects it. I do. Ex- they expect Prince back. Um, Yeah, I'd expect him to just come right back and play his normal amount of minutes. So I think Prince is really interesting at 4,500 as far as just upside goes, right? Like, this is a guy that can go for 30-plus in this matchup, and, you know, he just had a baby. So, like, baby narrative game.
0: Yeah, yeah, got to show off for his kid that can't actually see shapes right now. Apparently, the babies can't see shapes in the first few weeks of their life. Did not know that before. That's a little little knowledge for you people. But, yeah, Prince – Bazemore both have huge upside in this type of matchup here considering all the injuries and i should preface by saying that if collins plays it still it changes things up a little bit um but lynn is just going to be in play regardless
1: yeah if deadman sits like if deadman and collins plays then you can get away from alex lynn i think so yeah i just assumed
0: Deadman was out because he because of the doubtful tag was that a cough or a dog
1: That was me coughing on – yeah, like dying over here. Um, Philadelphia has Chicago, 227 total. Philly favored by six in this game. Embiid is doubtful. Bolden is questionable. Bobon's still out. Wendell Carter Jr. out on the Chicago side. Let's start with Philly. It's a back-to-back for Philadelphia. All these big men are all, you know, still questionable. They don't expect Embiid to play again. Uh, Bolden, they said, is questionable. You know, Bobon could play here. What are we looking at here on Philadelphia? I mean,
0: if Bobon plays, then I don't care if he's coming off an injury. It's Bobon, and he'll be starting. He already rolled and
1: out. Yeah, Bobon. I'm pretty sure it's I thought out. you just
0: said Bobon might play. Oh, you meant Bolden. I got Bolden really confused play. there. Yeah,
1: my bad. All That's right, that bad. makes a
0: lot more sense. I thought he was out, but I thought there was something I was missing there. Uh, it's interesting because they're on a back-to-back. But honestly, I think that Simmons, Butler, and Harris will all still play a large amount of minutes here, and. I don't think a back-to-back will affect these guys that much. So all these guys are still very much in play here. Redick uh, did well last night, but honestly just got off to a hot night shooting. I don't think I'm going with him, even against a not-great Chicago defensive team.
1: You didn't listen to the podcast yesterday. Hmm? J.J. Redick always crushes Orlando.
0: Yeah. Well, he'd start off the night, what, 7th and nine shooting? That's right, because he gets pumped up to play Orlando. That's 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 fair. That is fair, and I did not listen. I was traveling yesterday a little bit, but that's fine. Uh, I'm messing with you a little bit. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> In any case, uh, is Amir Johnson going to play? Tomorrow? He played.
1: Um. He played. B2 I know he played today. Twenty minutes.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. He played twenty minutes yesterday, and it's on back to back. He's still coming back from being sick. I don't know if he, I expect a decent amount of people to go on him, even on a back-to-back here just because of his price tag, but he's still viable at 3,100, although he's not someone I really want to play here. Mike Scott, I think, is probably the better play. Um, he had 28 minutes in the last game. He had 32 the game before. I could see him being getting a decent amount of minutes if Bolden misses. If Bolden ends up playing, then it's probably a cross-off for those three guys to me. Um, and yeah yeah that's that's pretty much it like all the core guys of simmons butler and harris are all very much in play here
1: um yeah and, and you know to note you know mike scott played 28 minutes uh jonathan simmons played 26 minutes so you know you got to kind of pay attention to the situation here if bolden sits again you know i think that you know you could look at potentially maybe playing Amir Johnson or Jonathan Simmons or Mike Scott. So the studs are the studs. Simmons and Tobias um, are the studs here. And, um, you know, it's a matchup with Chicago. So I, I think they come out and they win, win this game. I don't think it's going to be anything that's crazy. So what are we looking at here as far as the Bulls go? You know, marketing's been, you know, stellar uh, for the most part over the last, you know, month. Uh, what are we looking at on the Bulls?
0: I might not play anyone. I mean, they're they're also on a back-to-back here. could be a sloppy game, and any one of them could value. Um, say Porter is the most likely. Porter and Markkinen are the two most likely suspects for me. Um, but neither of them really jump off the page uh, here. Like I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a little bit war- too worried about the back-to-back here. But there's so many good plays, and there's such a big slate that I don't really need feel the need to take a chance on any of these guys. So. I might not play any Chicago guys outside of a potential game stack just because there are a few viable guys over on Philly.
1: Yeah. Nothing like stands out to me as far as price to market and Levine. All these guys are priced kind of where they should be. I think if I end up playing anybody here, it, it would probably end up being auto Porter or, you know, I played Lopez on um, Tuesday and I think we can continue to play him. Like, it's just he's obviously risky on a back to back, but if they say he's good to go as far as like playing in this game, you know, he's played a back to back towards the end of February and played 31 and then played 27 minutes. So I think Robin Lopez at five K would be probably my favorite player from the Chicago Bulls.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I'm just gonna play so much out, Lynn and I'm just gonna hate myself. But I guess he's in playoff for me over on fantasy draft.
1: Utah at New Orleans. We have a 231.5 total here. Utah favored by 3.5. Exum and Nato is out. Um, Okafor is questionable on the New Orleans side. You know, Obviously, you look at the spot for the Utah Jazz. It's a good matchup on paper. They get one of the biggest pace bumps on the entire slate. Their implied total is the second highest on the slate. Uh, what are we looking at here on the Jazz? I mean, everyone's
0: going to look at this game because they just played it a few days ago um and probably go off of that but i think because of how mitchell did in the last matchup i think it is a fine play here go bear i'll definitely end up playing obviously we'd get some news that anthony davis might sit or we could get news they might sit and then he ends up playing and then any, any number of things could happen with new orleans but i'm not going to get into that because i'll just get too angry in any case mitchell very much in play gobert very much in play I don't hate Crowder here. Obviously, he had a good game the last one, but he's been playing decent the last month, and his price tag's gone up a little bit. But he still has some upside here. He doesn't stand out. It was one of the best plays at price tag on the slate, but he's definitely got some GPP upside here. Favors, I don't really like his price tag anymore. He's obviously played great lately, and this is a good matchup, but I don't think I'm going to end up going there. It's mostly just Mitchell, Gobert, and Crowder for me
1: yeah i think the only other guy that i kind of i don't ever feel good about mentioning this guy but kyle corver is the other guy that i think i'd mention here you know ever since nato uh got hurt again you know corver's minutes have been up and they've been rising 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 so i I think kyle corver you know is a guy you could potentially look at here in a uptick pace matchup um you know potentially getting some shots up so Corver would be the only other guy that I'd mention from the Jazz. Go, go Bear's my favorite. Um, I don't really love Mitchell at his price. I, I think we we talked about some guys in this price range way way back at the beginning um, in that Washington Dallas game that I think I'd play before I played Mitchell today. But you know, obviously Donovan Mitchell's in play. It's just when you're making one lineup, I don't think he makes the cut for me today. It, yes, as far no as as far as the Pelicans go. <laughs> Like you said, they just played this game. What are we looking at here as far as the Pelicans?
0: I don't know. I guess it depends who plays. I mean, if Davis sits, if Okafer's out, then um, Diallo is probably the guy that I ended up looking at. I think Randall's in play regardless. Um, And he doesn't stand out as a great play, but he stands out as a pretty darn good play here. It's not a great matchup, but we obviously saw him put up 50. Um, Last time they played, and he's been putting up decent numbers lately. He's been getting the minutes here. So Randall's in play no matter what outside of him. I don't know. I guess I just have to wait and see who ends up playing or if any news comes out tomorrow. But Davis potentially at 6,700, even though he might only get 22 minutes here. He can still beat his price tag pretty handily in that amount of time, but it's probably not a great idea. Um, I don't think I can go on Ken Rich. It, it's i don't think i'm going with peyton so it's it's really just randall and delio Valio, whatever his name is.
1: <laughs> yeah for sure um it's kind of where i was at too like you know anthony davis can crush at this price tag even in 20 minutes but i don't think i trust it still um you had to get a lot of steals and blocks the other night in this game to get there It's really tempting, but I don't know if I end up doing it. Going to have to pay attention to see if we get any injury news here as well. Um, All right, New York at Phoenix, 225 total here. You know, Phoenix favored by four in this game. Kadeem Allen, Mario Hazonia, Frank Lukina is all out. And then DeAndre Jordan is questionable. And on the Phoenix side, TJ Warren is still out. Uh, Let's start with New York. Good luck, Grant. Good luck.
0: I mean, most guys are in play. Most guys are probably not. No one's a cash game play in reality there. Um, maybe if Jordan's out, you can still roll with Mitchell Robinson. Obviously, he didn't have a great game in the last game. He only ended up with 19 minutes here, but he still is a guy that can end up with seven blocks and 25 minutes here. So uh, Mitchell Robinson, if DeAndre Jordan is out, he's in play. DSJ... I don't know if this is the right slate for it. his price tag and him playing about 28, 29 minutes a night here. Um, he can still beat it pretty handily, especially in a matchup against Phoenix. Vonleh, if Jordan's out, you can hope for the best and hope he actually gets minutes and crushes, but who knows if that'll happen. Um, so it, you just be ready for a, either a 35 or a 12-point outing. In either case, you're probably – going to be ecstatic or throw your computer through a wall so the the cost could be pretty pretty heavy. Um yeah, so really if Jordan's out then Mitchell Robinson's in play. I think DSJ is in play regardless, but he's not a guy that would have too much ownership in.
1: Playing anybody from the Knicks is a straight gamble. Um you can't trust anybody from this team right now. You can't trust the coach. Can you play people from this team? Yeah. Um obviously you know you talked about a lot of them you know it's just i just man it is so hard to click anybody's name from the knicks like we got news the other night that deandre jordan's out oh let's play mitchell robinson you know and obviously he got in foul trouble and you know it, it you know he only played 19 minutes so i will say if deandre jordan sits mitchell robinson against deandre ayton sounds like a fun matchup um it's really risky obviously because of the minutes and the fouls but i think i would roll the dice maybe on robinson but trusting anybody from the knicks right now is just impossible so you know obviously you have to approach them with the with the mindset of these guys are straight tournament plays you know out of nowhere dotson started playing minutes again it's just yeah. Um, Phoenix side, what are we looking at here for the Suns?
0: I mean, it's a matchup versus the trash Knicks. Games projected at a three point spread right now. Um, I'm like Booker, Ayton, Ubre, and Johnson are all pretty good plays here. I know Johnson hasn't been fantastic lately, and he's had a few games where he played under 30 minutes, but he's still a decent value here at 5,200. And I don't mind the play at all, considering the matchup here is obviously crushed at random spots lately. Aiden's crushed at random spots lately. And Booker can crush in any given spot. It's the Knicks. So if the game's going to be close, any one of these guys can go off and I'll sprinkle them throughout my lineups.
1: Um, Yeah, you know, you pretty much talked about everything that I was going to talk about here. You know, I think you can look at I think you can look at Booker. I think you can look at Aiden. I think you can look at Ubre. Outside of that, though, when you get start going down, like, you know, Tyler Johnson is interesting at his price, knowing that he's going to play minutes in this matchup, but nothing else really standing out to me. Jackson's back in the doghouse. Um, that's kind of it. Let's move on. Boston at Sacramento. Um, 229 total here. Boston favored by one. Bagley's out. Uh, Boston is playing as we're recording, but they're smashing the Golden State Warriors, uh, what are we looking at here on Boston? And I'm so mad, Grant, that oh, I had zero exposure to Gordon Hayward on Gordon Hayward night. Oh, yeah, you and me both. And I,
0: gosh. And I had him in one of my lives for a little bit. I'm like, no, that's just stupid. Why would you do that, Grant? And so I didn't. And got to assume that a lot of people are going to go right back to the well here, even on a back-to-back Um, At 3,900, considering the guy just put up 52 as of this moment right now, there's three minutes left in the game. I don't think any of the stars are getting back into it. And I would be a little bit more worried on a back-to-back here if they wouldn't have sat pretty much their entire starting lineup in the fourth quarter here. So that's not going to affect them nearly as much. It's a matchup against Sacramento. Obviously plays at a huge pace here. I'd say the three guys that I'm most likely to go with are going to be Kyrie who I like but I don't love honestly I'd rather pay up a little bit more for Beal I'd rather probably pay a little bit less for Luca but he's right there and I'll definitely end up with some ownership in him um Horford a guy I really like here he didn't do much tonight or the last night depending on when you're listening to this um but his price tag is still not bad and considering the matchup I like him Tatum's fine but I don't know if I'll end up going there and Hayward at 3900 if he does end up crushing again which Every once in a while when he does, he ends up crushing for a few more nights straight. So I'm willing to just go with it here. Um, So, yeah, it's Kyrie, it's Horford, and it's Hayward. But the back-to-back does worry me a little bit.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if Hayward sits. Um, Where did the 16-shot attempts come from from Gordon Hayward, a guy that obviously hasn't been shooting a ton recently and, you know, a guy that i love playing and i'm so like i said i'm still so mad like you know it was february 12th the last time he had double digit shot attempts and that was only 11 so um just an unexpected game for gordon hayward here don't know if i'd chase it i think they're going to be pretty careful with him minutes wise on the back to back you know he ended up still only, he still en- he still ended up playing 28 minutes in that game um So, I'm a little concerned about just Gordon Hayward in general here. I do like the spot for Al Horford. Only played 22 minutes on Tuesday night. They didn't really need him. I think this is a spot that Horford has a nice little bounce back game. And, um, you know, the matchup is really, really good for him. So, as far as the Kings go, you know, our boy Harry Giles got ejected the other night. uh, For man, I still can't believe he got ejected. But what are we looking at here as far as Sacramento goes?
0: I'll go with Giles. I'll absolutely go with him. I think him WCS are both in play. Um, Fox and Hyde are fine. Uh, they're not great plays, but they're all right plays. Uh, Bogdanovich is one of the guys I'll be looking at, and Barnes, but I, I don't really know if there's too many guys I really want to go with here. I mean, it, it, it's probably just Giles and WCS, and that's, that's really the two guys I want to end up going with, but they're better plays at their position at slightly cheaper price tags where i don't know if they'll end up making into too many of my lineups
1: i'm gonna keep playing buddy healed um you know the ceiling is massive for this guy when he starts getting hot you know he's he's shooting the ball really well right now it's a tough matchup with boston but it is a back-to-back for boston so that that makes me feel a little bit better about it and you know he's a guy that has 50 point upside he's done it three of the last five games he's only 7200 on DraftKings. I'm just gonna keep playing him. Um, people like he continues to be low owned every single night, and I'm just I, I'm not gonna stop playing him now, so I really like the spot for Buddy Heald. Um certainly somebody that I'm looking at here, you know running it back with Horford and uh, getting a little exposure to this game that should be a pretty good game. yeah, yeah I don't mind that at all. Alright, last game on the slate. Denver at LA taking on the Lakers. No total in on this one. Uh, because the whole Lakers team is questionable. To show up in this game. Lyles is out, ball is out, Kuzma's out, Ingram's questionable, Chandler's questionable, Stevenson is questionable. Whew. Um, let's start with Denver. What are we looking at here as far as the nuggets go? Yeah,
0: everyone's out. Pretty much everyone's in play. Um, Joker. He's probably going to draw a decent matchup against the likes of McGee and a hodgepodge of other guys if uh, Chandler is ruled out here. So Joker, I don't know if he's the best spend up, spend up on the slate, but he's definitely a darn good one here. Millsap, his price tags up high enough where I don't really have a huge desire to play him. Um, he could do fine, but I'm, I'm willing to just not really go with that. Murray and Barton's price tags in this type of matchup are pretty good. So I think both of them are very much in play. Plumlee, if he ends up getting 20 plus minutes, which potentially with the Lakers injuries to everyone, he could end up doing. um, I think that Plumlee is potentially in play as a GPP play and just 4,200. But I mean, a lot of it depends on who's out for the Lakers and how many bodies they actually have tomorrow. So um, Most of these good Denver guys are in play, but no one really stands out as a fantastic play outside of Joker.
1: Oh, man. Yeah. Like, I like Murray a lot against San Antonio the other night. I, I worry about this game staying close. <laughs> you know, I hate to say that, but I know LeBron is LeBron, but man, the Lakers, like, they just don't look great right now. Um, I don't hate Jokic in this spot. Certainly think he's in play. Don't hate M- Millsap or Murray. You know, I really like Barton the other night against the Spurs and you know, he didn't have a big game, but I think a big game is coming from him. So I really don't mind Barton in in tournaments here, as far as the Lakers go, obviously this one's really tough the night before, not knowing what's going to happen. We know that, you know, Reggie Bullock is going to play his minutes here. Um, he's really cheap. If, if Ingram and Kuzma end up both, like if Ingram ends up sitting with Kuzma, then like we're probably looking at like Josh Hart, if Stevenson doesn't play, like, you know, try to give me your best thoughts here on the Lakers night before.
0: I mean, if Stevenson and Ingram are both out and Hart's a fantastic play at 3,300, and um, not quite a lock and load. Cause obviously anything can happen. This game could potentially not stay close, but if both those guys are out, then, Hart becomes a fantastic play. Um, If Stevenson is in but Ingram is out, then Stevenson at 3,300 becomes a fantastic play here. McGee, if Chandler's out, he should get enough minutes to really pay off his $3,700 price tag. So depending on who's out here, they could offer a whole bunch of value. I think that LeBron is a great play if you stack up this game a little bit just because I'm worried a little bit about the blowout here and if he's going to get a full lot of minutes. But with everyone out here and all the offensive players who are not going to be in the game, LeBron becomes a guy that's just going to get all the usage in the world. And I mean, he hasn't been fantastic or he wasn't fantastic in the last game, but he still has 70 plus point upside in this type of matchup. When you consider all the potential guys that are going to be out here, um, Rondo huge upside, not that bad of a price tag. It's obviously up quite a bit from the last game, but that's because he put up 60, he's put up 48 and three out of the last four games. Rondo can put up a dud at any time, but I don't really think this is the spot here. Rondo's one of the better plays at 6K on the entire slate. But this could be, depending on how many guys we learn about getting ruled out or not, um, this could be just massive. And if we don't get news before lock over on DK, there's so many low-priced guys, and there's so many... High priced guys in this game um, with them not starting that long after the second to last game. You could potentially throw uh, a whole bunch of guys from the, I guess, Sacramento and Boston game and then switch it over depending on what happens with the Lakers. So be ready to change some stuff based on what news we end up getting and what news is still to come.
1: <laughs> um so pretty much what Grant said is good luck. Um <laughs> not necessarily like you know if you don't get news here you could take some chances but you know there are, there are a bunch of different ways you can go you know especially on fantasy draft um you know taking some chances maybe maybe necessarily not on like Hart or Stevenson or somebody but maybe like a McGee or Bullock or something like that like you know LeBron's usage is going to be insane in this game uh, obviously, they still want to make the playoffs. It's very unlikely that it happens uh, that they make the playoffs, but they still want to try to make the playoffs, I would assume. So we'll have to kind of see how this plays out, uh, but it is certainly an interesting spot. Um, let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here. Um, give me your favorite game to go over or under.
0: Um, Sacramento versus Boston to go under.
1: All right. Loving that back-to-back Boston action. Uh, Detroit, I'm going to take the under in that game as well. Give me your favorite play under 5K that you got for 7X today. I mean, I, I guess McGee. Oh, wait. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll take McGee. I'm going to take Kyle Corver. He's going to be my contrarian play today. I already see it. I like it. I like how
0: neither of us went with Len.
1: Well, yeah, we don't like being chalky in this game. We try to stay away from being chalky, right? Um, give me your over 8K to under 5X play. Um,
0: shoot, this one's a little bit... I'm I'm, I'm just going to go with Kemba. All
1: right. Um, right. I'm going to say... and there's not like one person that I like... up in this range today there's not like a guy that i like oh i'm not playing him um i think the least likely guy to get there on this slate is probably drummond and and i don't even feel good about saying that yeah um give me your favorite 6x play who's your guy today who's your 6x guy
0: No, I'm going super ballsy and going with Noah Vonley.
1: Vonley it is. The answer is really Len
0: at 100 less, but I I wanted to go off the board.
1: Uh, Give me Derek White to go 6X on this slate. I I really like White. Nice. That's what I was thinking about, too. There you go. Uh, Any final thoughts before we get out of here? Again, be
0: cognizant of... What is going to happen in the Lakers game, and if you're building one or two lineups over on DraftKings and they're in tournaments, then my advice to you is just to kind of, like, have your outs and have your changes that you can possibly make. Because if we don't get news before lock, then you could have a potentially huge advantage with all the body plays and with the two studs there in that game if the game does stay close.
1: That is for sure. On that note, we're going to get out of here for this Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow talking some more basketball. Good luck in your contest, and we will see you again on Thursday.
0: Hey, kids.